With a though, with a love though. Five, five four, three, two, eight. Oh, eight. Eight. We let one no. go. Eight, no. eight. We what? 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 Eight. eight. Get eight. turn up, <laughs> and we're back. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Was I seeing that just now? Yes, it was playing. Where? On the computer. Oh yeah, because of the preview. I was like, why? Because I was just thinking of that same song. That's so funny. Okay. Yes. Hi guys. Welcome back to Ten. That's not the name of the show. <laughs> Serving oh, a podcast. This is what happens when you start your morning off with multiple mimosas. <laughs> Welcome back to Serving It Up. Yes. <laughs> Welcome back, and we are happy to be here. I am me, and I'm Michael. No, I was going to be me. It's Michael and me. Michael and me. <laughs> me and Michael. <laughs> Michael and I. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's been two weeks, and we're back. Yeah. How's uh, how's your two weeks been? Uh, my two weeks have been... Uh, um, this whole adulting thing. Um, I see why Peter Pan wanted to stay a kid. I mean, he had the right idea. Uh, just Except I want to be a kid, but have the um money as an adult none of the responsibilities but the money i'm let me tell you and the freedom y'all can keep the money y'all can keep the free i just want somebody to drive me around to cook me breakfast lunch and dinner to wash my clothes (laughs) and to most importantly pay all these bills so you want a maid i mean i was thinking more like a mom and a A mom and a dad (laughs) (laughs) those are nice to yeah I mean, this adulting thing, just like this past two weeks, this adulting thing slapped me across the face a couple times. Um, <laughs> but the good thing is, I slapped that back. There wasn't bread in it. Check my emails. <laughs> crazy. No, legit, check my email. No. Because it uh, wasn't ready. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to what's her name? Andrea. Andrea. Yeah. Oh, I love that. That was my line. Check my What's that? Hollywood X's. Hollywood on X's. On VH1. I swear, VH1 know they be having the crazy shows, but they be so good. So good. Mm. So, yeah. How was your two weeks? Uh, it's been okay. Much of the same. You know, work all the time. Uh, it's like all I do. And then sleep when I can and eat when I can. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah that's important. Right. I'm ready for it to be warm because I miss playing tennis, honestly. Me too. I I think the last time I played tennis was when I played with you back in was it December? I know you say that, but I can't imagine we were playing in December. But I guess it's true because that's when it was but, over Christmas, so I guess it yeah. was December. Yeah. We just had, we had on hoodies and sweats. So yeah. That was the last time. So we got to get back out there. And we got um we got to play some more. So yeah, that was my two weeks. That was your two weeks. Anything else you want to mention about? Well, I did <laughs> because I forgot the last time we didn't talk about this, and I wanted to. But it's like old now. But Serena and um, Caroline Wilson. <laughs> oh, and her baby shower. They, I mean, no, not her baby shower. Bridal right? power. What are they called? Bachelorette party. Yeah, that thing. They was living life, and it was funny to me. They're so cute, even though I didn't like it at first. But I'm on board now. <laughs> they are very cute. I mean, you know, they're that's outside of Venus. Wozniacki's her tennis bestie. Um, I love that she was there. So, because part of me was in Olympia was there. <laughs> Okay, so let's, Serena would not go nowhere without this child. Take a break and talk about that moment. Serena is not going anywhere without this baby. I love Olympia, and she is the sweetest of the cutest of the list. You know, the preciousest baby. But Serena, we could have had Alex 
watch his daughter right for the weekend she's like no mm-mm. <laughs> that's this not. baby is out there having mimosas with the girls like just running around like so you could let the baby so out. funny but it was so cute yeah they hold they hold um Backstreet Boys. Oh yeah. Choreography thing. Wasniaki's so... <laughs> back. Yeah. Notice that the Backstreet Boys and I didn't sing. Just wanted to point that out. And they were wrong, just like all of the others. Because Backstreet Boys will always be greater than an sync. In sync is better. This we don't can have to do this. In, no, please, don't try. They can say please. whatever they want, but the for facts are the facts. The facts are time, still the facts. Please. They will always be the can facts. Can y'all chime in? Is Backstreet Boys or is it in sync? Like please. the question is who sings better? But that's not what the question. No, was. that's my. That is my. That's what I always stand on. In sync are the better vocalists. They sound better as singers. But as a group, Backstreet Boys is better. But how? What? Because they had more hits. I could they say they were probably hits, more successful. They had more longevity. They yeah, were more I don't disagree with and that. And they're more iconic. I don't. Okay. Well, I don't know about that part. They are. But they are definitely uh, more. They have more hits. I mean, they've been around way longer. And so it makes sense that they would have better songs. But I'm saying they didn't sell a million albums in one day. Just saying they didn't like. That was when things were because Backstreet Boys. If when they were Backstreet Boys album first album came out with NSYNC's album, they like around that time. You know things were changing. That wasn't their first album. But that's what I said. That wasn't their first album. But that's what I said. They were both super popular, and they were there was still an argument of who's better and who sold one million in one day. Okay. So that's what I mean. So y'all like like I'm just saying. What does they that didn't mean? They didn't do that. Okay, so it doesn't mean NSYNC is better because it's a one million in one day. I mean, it means that they had some clout. Well, come on, the that, come on with it. that Barty gang, because that means Nikki is the queen. Okay, well we're not doing that. Okay, <laughs> if we're talking about the record sales and we're talking about the numbers. Okay, so what, did, what did Nikki say? Because when they asked about LeBron, what did it say? LeBron ain't got six rings. I mean, we doing the numbers? Is that what we're doing? No, that's not what we're doing. Don't put Jennifer Williams come with the receipts. I got the receipts and invoices. Okay. <laughs> I'm simply saying <laughs> that at the height of both of their popularity, yes. NSYNC sold 1 million albums in yes. one day, something that Backstreet Boys did not do. Yes. I'm not trying to take away from Backstreet Boys. I like them, but I'm saying they NSYNC is better singers, and I think when they were both at the height of popularity, people was rocking with NSYNC a little bit more. Yeah, Backstreet Boys has more probably better records and better numbers, but they also been around longer. I'm not trying to take nothing away from them. I still like both groups. I'm just saying NSYNC can sing better, and they were more popular when it was like the height of like boy band craziness. And as far as Nikki goes, we don't speak her name. Uh, my apologies. <laughs> the one that will not be spoken. Of. Exactly. She's our version of Voldemort now. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Okay, so you already talking about some tennis? Because, you know, we don't went off <laughs> So sorry about that. So this is going to be my segment, hashtag. Uh, we have to take a break first. Oh, I forgot about that. Oh, break. my gosh. Sorry. We want the people to hear the commercials. We got to pay these bills, y'all. The bills have to be paid. Because, you know, last time I checked, they still coming. Can you pay my bills? Can you pay my telephone bills? Can okay. you pay my automobile? Okay. We'll be right back. And we're back. With our tennis segment, hashtag tennis talk. So since we've been off for two weeks, I will update everybody on some happenings from last week. Um, so the big thing, I'll start with the ATP because typically you know that goes faster because you're not more into the WTA. <laughs> but we'll talk about the uh, ATP. So Monte Carlo was the big um, men's tournament last week, and the big there were two big things that came out of the tournament for me. One, which I'm sure everybody's aware of by now, 
Nadal did not leave as the Monte Carlo champion. Um, we all know Nadal was waiting for the clay court season. This is his time of the year where he racks up most of his points and he like just dominates. Monte Carlo is actually one of the tournaments where Nadal has won it, if I'm not mistaken, 10 times. He's won Monte Carlo 10 times, Barcelona 10 times. No, 10? I want to say maybe 11. Monte Carlo 11, Barcelona 11, the French Open 11 times. Um, but last week in Monte Carlo, it was his first time back on the tour since Indian Wells, where he pulled out with injury. Um, everybody was putting up memes of him being happy, but he actually got taken out in the semifinals by Fabio Fognini um, from Italy. Wait, they were happy because he's back on clay? Yeah, so everybody was posting memes about the fact that he's just happy that he's back on clay. People, sh- they do this every year, but if you notice the past maybe four or five years, Nadal typically has na- na- nagging injuries during the beginning part of the year with the hardcore season. Right. And then he's magically super healthy during the clay core season. Yeah. Like, there's no issues, no problems, and he's just on top of everything. Um, so they were saying that he was back, but... The big upset, Nadal took him, I'm sorry, Fognini took him out and in straight sets, which is a big deal for him. And then I was really proud of Fognini. The big thing was he actually went on to win the tournament. Because a lot of times when you big, you beat an idol, you make have a big win, you have a letdown. Right. Um, so Fognini ended up winning his first Masters 1000 series um, at Monte Carlo. So a big deal for him. Yeah, he's like a, well, I guess he's not really like a journeyman, is he? I th- I would think right? so. Because he never, he has big wins here or there, but he's never won anything really big. Right, um, so that's good for him. He seems is he like the crazy one though? I feel he like he is the crazy right. one. So like if one for those of you that don't know or remember, he's married to Panetta. Oh right, who snuck that U.S. Open out, and and she did, and it was well deserved. No, snuck that. Well, um, listen, not saying it wasn't deserved, but I just never thought I would say Panetta was a U.S. Open champion. Yeah, but they're married to he's married to Panetta, so he's had some issues because he's he's been an ATP bad boy. Like he's the one that got fined and got actually kicked out of the US Open for calling the chair on prior whore <laughs> Italian. <laughs> Sorry. That's so very they, inappropriate. Very. So they defaulted him from the match, fined him, and then they kicked him out of the US Open because he was actually playing doubles. So he's has a bad reputation, but he's since had a kid with Panetta and he said it's caused him to like calm down. That's nice. So shout out to him for winning his first match is one thousand. Now Nadal said it was the worst clay court match he's played in fourteen years. Well probably so because he lost. That never <laughs> really happens. <laughs> So he felt really bad about it. He said he left feeling depressed. So that was a big thing for Monte Carlo. I mean, there was nothing really else that stood out. Um, you know, Djokovic also lost fairly early. Djokovic has lost uh, fairly early for him in the last three tournaments that he's played. Indian Wells, Miami, and now Monte Carlo. So he's, you know, on a struggle bus streak. weird because you thought he had figured it out. I mean, yeah. But I, th- I like that. I kind of like the back and forthness of like we have not had one really dominant player on either tour this year. Yeah, and it's interesting. It's a Sometimes trend. you miss the dominant player, but like you know we haven't had that this year, so I'm good with it. Other than that, that was my big takeaway from Monte Carlo. I don't know if you have anything you wanted to add about Monte Carlo. No, not really. You know, yeah. I don't really follow. What Except you, you, what you tell me to look at. Shit, huh? I mean, I in, I'm interested. I just it's too much to keep up with. Like I looked at it this week, and there's like ten tournaments happening, and yes. I was like, I can't do this. It's a lot between the tournaments and the challengers. It's a lot going on. Um, but that was a big deal from Fognini. Fognini beat Love Lajovic in the final. They were both making their first Masters 1000 final. So shout out to Lajovic as well. He took out Medvedev. I mean, he took out. Medvedev and Medvedev was the one that took out Djokovic. So 
That's Monte Carlo. I'm over that tournament. And then last week on the WTA tour, there wasn't really any tournaments because the big focus was Fed Cup. Oh, yeah. Um, so I'll give you guys some updates on Fed Cup. In the main draw, the world group, the semifinals was Australia versus Belarus and um, France versus Romania. So Australia took out Belarus 3-2 and Romania took out France. Sorry, France took out Romania 3-2. Both came down to the doubles. Um, the highlight or the big name from both weekends was... Um, Ashley Barty, she won both of her yeah. singles matches, and teamed up with Stozer to win doubles. Like she, she's really coming into her own. Right, because she's that's Azarenka's part. Who's Azarenka? Hasn't she done well in doubles? Yeah, when we were in right, Miami, I was like, we, we started play playing doubles. doubles. Yeah. It was her and Azarenka, right? No, they played doubles together, right? Yeah. And they didn't win. We saw them win their their fourth round match, and then they won their quarterfinal match, and they lost in the semis. Yeah, but didn't they win like something the week after? No, they haven't won a tournament together. Uh, Azarenka. Um, was playing another smaller tournament with somebody else, and that was f- the first tournament that she's oh, won okay. as a mom. Got it. So she, she has one, Azarenka has won a double tournament this right. year, but it wasn't with Barty. Sorry, but Barty has, like, I feel like we've seen her, like, do well. Yeah, she won She's, Miami. like, coming to her own both. Fin- finals of Sydney. Yeah. Quarterfinals of Australia. Right. Won Miami. Yeah. And she was a big takeaway from Fed Cup. Um, so she's really coming, and she's in the top ten now. Yeah, that's kind of crazy. I'm sure Australia is, like, going up. Yes, and she's not a typical Australian where she's very she's not very loud or like right loud. in she's your very, face. Yeah. yeah, she seems really sweet. Yes, um, so she did really well. So that tie wasn't as tense because it did it, it did come down to the doubles, but you know Australia took that fairly easy with the singles matches. The Romania versus France when that one was tight, and Halep Halep has made it very clear that since getting to number one. Since winning a Grand Slam, the next thing she wants to do is she wants to win Fed Cup for her country. They have they have not had a lot of Fed Cup success, so that's her goal. So she really was putting her all into it. She won her first match fairly easy, de- defeating Christina Medelovic, 6-3-6-1. For those of you that don't know, Sasha Bajan is now her coach. Go ahead and speak on that, please. Speak on that. I know he has always has something to say. I don't have anything to say. Sasha being passed around, child. I mean, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's just so weird. He need a job. I guess. He it's need- weird. I guess because I'm so we're so aware of him. Like I'm not usually aware of coaches like at that like that at all. But it's like we know Sasha obviously because of Serena. Because of Serena, and, we and know so it's like we've been following of- him. And so it's like I'm very aware that he could just be bouncing from person to person. I think he might be the first coach that I like actually follow, like know yes. who they coach like actively, and that's yes. on purpose. Yeah. So yeah. So now he's coaching Christina. So we'll see how um, hmm. they'll do. Um, and then Halep won her singles match against Garcia in three sets. And it came down to a very, very tense and tight doubles match. L- like, y'all, for Halep, Halep really had the whole country on her shoulders. She's not known for her doubles. But since it came down to doubles, they put her in doubles with Nicolescu. And it came down to four all in the third set. And Halep ended up getting broken. Um, and then Garcia served it out. And France took the win, and now they're moving on to the finals. Halep was crushed, um, so, you know, she'll have to see what she can do next year, but she's made it clear that before her career is over, she wants to win Fed Cup for Romania. So that's, like, but her next goal. even keep Fed Cup? Because then you said, I thought they were, like, was it Fed Cup or Davis Cup that they're, no, like, they're phasing Davis out? No, they're Cup. They're getting rid of Hopman Cup. Cup. That's the issue now because they're doing the, the ATP Tour Cup oh, or something. Yeah. So 
that was Fed Cup. The matches were actually yeah. really good. Um, I kept up with that. On the other, because you know, there's other tiers like World Tier. No, one, right? Because that's where America is in one of those. Shade, honey, because I don't understand how America's falling <laughs> off. It's so weird. Um, so America, they did end up winning. Um, Sloan, right? Showed up. Saw, yeah, I saw. She won a couple of her matches. Um, Keys lost her first match, and they put in Sophia Kennan, and she showed up and actually won. So, oh, Madison. I know. I, she, she <laughs> I just don't around. understand what's going on with her. I know. <laughs> it's like, girl. Just get it together. I mean, really? System, I mean, come on. Jeez. It's <laughs> really a waste, honestly. Um, But they won their match, so they should be back in world group um con- con- contention next year. So now the next year they are going to be playing to make it to the final? Yes. But if they lose once, they're out. So they have, for my understanding, the way it is, so like if you lose and you go back, into to another lower world group one. one. Oh my and gosh! If you lose in world group one, then you go into world group two. Well, maybe Venus and Serena will show up next year for them. Yes, yeah, if so they're it's, playing it's for. Like, it's crazy because like if you're in world group two, it takes you two years to, to get, get back because you have to win that year. Yeah, get into world group one, win that year, and then you're back into contention to actually win the Fed Cup. Because so when we watched them last year, remember we went last yes. year. That was that. They, they were, were in the lower in the- lower one. I don't were they? Because did they they won didn't they? Or did they have to they, play multiple? They won that time. You, oh, you have to still do go all. through the whole year. Oh to lord! Get back into got it. Yes. Okay. But so has Venus Serena played there enough to be for the Olympics? From my understanding, yes. Because one, you have to make yourself available. You have to make yourself available. Right. So even if they're there, and you have to do it two times within the four years, and they played last year and they played the year before. Right. Okay. And they've made this, so they should be good. I think they'll make themselves available again next yeah, year. Yeah, I bet they'll try. Yeah, it's just gonna be their same. last year on the tour. Ooh, did you put that in the atmosphere? I feel like it will be. I don't want to. I, I can't stop thinking about it because I feel like it will be, and it makes me sad. Well, I hope not, but it's coming up. I've always said, I know for Venus, Olympics twenty twenty was her goal, and we believe that they're going to retire together. So I just don't know how much longer they're going to play after the Olympics in twenty twenty, which is next year. Yeah, right. And I'm getting sad. Okay, let's talk about something okay, else. So, <laughs> um, so we'll be done with Fake Up after this. Um, just wanted to end with a couple of shout-outs to two great players who have been amazing co- contenders for their countries over their Fed Cup history. They actually retired from Fed Cup. Um, so Sibokova from Slovakia. She played her last Fed Cup time, won her matches, and she was so proud of it. Like, the, co- the country just embraced it so much even more. Um, so she's been, she has been, after Hantukova retired, one of the main players for Slovakia and then Safarova who will be retiring this year mm-hmm. actually retired from Fed Cup matches again she played her last tie and she actually won her match as well um, and you know we love Safarova yeah. we met her like five years ago at Charleston yeah. gorgeous eyes she's very nice very sweet yeah. so she, so both of them they played their last Fed Cup matches last weekend so I wanted to definitely mention Aww. them and give them a shout out that's so weird when people are retiring like, I'm like this, should we retire from tennis, like from watching, and we have to become fans of these new people. Well, you know, it's like now all the people that I know are going away. Like I look at the top ten, and I'm like, who is that? Right? Because I'm literally like, it's so weird for me that the top ten is not Venus, Serena, David, right? Riotti, Celis, Anna, um, Justine, Clysters. It's just sure, yeah, Rizzo, it's so strange. Even like Mary Pierce, Shanda Rubin. Yeah, I'm so weird that and out of all the names that just listed, who are the only ones? Venus around? and Serena. Venus and Serena. Yeah, it's weird. Or even like when it was like Venus and Serena, Sharapova, 
and a Kleister yeah. is Azarenka. Like now we have. You tell me, Chaka. You know I don't know. Osaka. Os- Osaka, Halep, Pliskova, Bardi, Svitolina, Kvitova. <laughs> That's all I got. <laughs> Can't think of who else. That's, That's good. I mean, Sloan. it's like we know these people, so it's yeah, like, but I'm not them. like, ooh, like I don't know. It's weird. Yeah. Anyway. So yeah, shout out to them on their um amazing Fed Cup career. Um, we wish them the best. Obviously, no. they're still playing. Right. No, truly, just, yeah. both of them are like staple names. Like it's like those people where it's like. You know, you don't think they're favorites to win, but you still want to watch them. Like, anytime we would go to a tournament and I'm like, ooh, you know, Safarova was playing, we would try to make a point yes. to go see her. The same with Sibokova, just because she's, like, one, I want to see how big her legs are in real life. <laughs> <laughs> and I want to see how hard she, she's so she low gets, to the ground she, and she, she hits, hits the ball, the ball so ball hard. Side. And I want to see that. And so, like, yeah. And they're both great players, like, some highlights. Because um, they both have done great things in their careers, right. they both have done. And Safarova was once part of the one of the most dominant doubles team for a while. Her right. and Maddox Sands, yeah. and even in singles, she made it to the French Open final. Yeah. Um, okay. Three and three sets. She hasn't retired yet. We'll do this when she actually okay. retires, <laughs> when okay. she's like done playing for real. Okay. So then, yeah. Shout out to them. So that's last week, and then I'll do a quick rundown of updates from this week, because um, I've had enough talk, time in my Tenic Talk segment. Um, so this week for the men, the big tournament was Barcelona. So again, everybody put their focus on Nadal, who said he was feeling better this week. Um, and like I said earlier, had won Barcelona 11 times. Um, Nadal came up and he got to the semifinals. And Nadal, once getting to the semifinals, has never lost in Barcelona. That's what his record show. However, he ran into a red-hot Dominic team. And Nadal, for the second straight week in a row... Loses in the semifinals of a clay court tournament. <gasps> Say what? Cannot be. Yes, it is. Um, so team <laughs> took him out 6-4, 6-4. And so while some of y'all here talking about team played his best match, team actually said, mm, uh, no, it wasn't. He said, I can play better. He's like, you have to play really well to beat Nadal, especially on clay. But he's like, I have more levels. Um, I do think team is going to be the one that takes a guard away from Nadal when Nadal either starts slowing down or retires. I see him as the next dominant clay court player. Um, so team actually took out Nadal in the semifinals. And spoiler alert, if you guys listen to this before you check your live score, team actually goes on to win Barcelona. Oh, he just won? Yes, so he just won today. So the last two weeks, the people that have taken out Nadal in the semis went on to win. So team beat and how Medvedev. old were both? Well, no, Fognini was old, is older. Fognini's in his 30s. Yeah, but team is in his mid-20s. 20s. Oh, dang. That so old. seems older. Sometimes but we he's still like up and coming, up though. in the next-gen group, but yeah. he's, not, he's not like 21 like Teofo and um, you know, yeah. um, Sausage. He's in his mid-20s. So, yeah, so team, congrats to him. He won Barcelona. First time winning Barcelona. We are really watching, like, a changing of the guards. So yes. It's so interesting. Because he also won Indian Wells earlier this year, right. taking out Federer. Now, Federer and Nadal are not going anywhere. No. But you're slowly but you seeing see these young players have the confidence to beat these big right. players on the big stage. Yep. Um, so we're slowly seeing that shift. It's interesting. Um, so now the talk of the town is what's going on with Nadal. Two clay court tournaments. Two clicker losses in semifinals, both in straight sets. And now, team is the second person to beat Nadal on clay four times or more because he's beaten Nadal at least once on clay the last four seasons. Do you know the player to do that is who? Let me see if you can get it. Who has beaten Nadal four times on clay? Djokovic. Djokovic. 
So there's only two players. So people are saying, like, what's happening with Nadal? What's going to happen with the rest of the season? So I did my research. And there actually is a random season where Nadal lost in Monte Carlo and Barcelona and still went on to win the French Open. Which is what I think is going to happen this year. Probably. Because <laughs> people are talking online, talking about, oh, he's not going to win the French Open. No, no it's win. happened once. Typically in his clay court career, he wins these tournaments. Obviously, he's right. won it 11 times and he goes on to win the French. But in 2014, he lost in the third round of Monte Carlo and he lost in the quarterfinals of Barcelona, if I'm not mistaken. And he still went on to win the French Open. So... You know, Nadal, he has some benefits in the fact that it's the French Open, and then it's three out of five sets. Yeah. And it's really hard to wear him down over a five-set match in clay court tennis unless you're just playing, like, pound-the-ball tennis like um, Soderlund did that one year that took him out. Yeah. So I, I still see him as a favorite. He still has Madrid and Rome coming up. He still has two matches, 1,000 to get it together. But for right now, I still see him as a favorite for the French Open. Yeah, I mean, I think these like Masters events. I think the majors still favor the older, more experienced player. Like when it comes to like Nadal and Serena, because I mean they are getting older, so I feel like they definitely need a rest day. And like you don't really get that with the Masters. I think it helps them in the fact that, like you said, it's three out of five. Like that's when I think experience comes into play a little bit more because yeah. it's like you have to be able to manage your like self a little bit better. Yes. Yeah. So I think he's still gonna. I, he's still my pick for the French Open because, I mean, you would be silly to not <laughs> to pick him. Pick him, yeah. Yeah, he's not, like, declined that much to be like, oh, no. No, and even yeah. though he lost this week, he still he said he took a, a lot away from this week. He's feeling better. He's feeling healthier. So we'll see because last year, team lost in a dial in the finals of the French Open. So we'll see if he can go one step further. Right. Djokovic won the Australian Open. So he's the only player that's um, on the men's side that can do the calendar slam. Yeah. And Djokovic, even though he's been struggling, he's won the last three slams. I also think Djokovic at this point in his career is like, you know, kind of like Serena, where if I win a tournament, great, but I'm here for these slams. Is Federer not playing French still? I was about to say that. So Federer has signed up for Madrid, and he says he's going to play the French. So that, that'll that throw something in. Yeah, he hasn't played. he hasn't played in, what, four years? Yeah, I think. So we'll see. We'll keep you guys updated when the French Open comes up. But that was the men's side. That was the biggest tournament. I'm only talking about the big tournaments this week. Yeah. There's too many. Too many. Um, and on the women's side, the big tournament this week was Stuttgart. Oh, Stuttgart. Um, this was Osaka's first clay court player. Sorry, clay court tournament. And then as the number one seed, Osaka is not, clay is not her favorite surface. She's still trying to like figure out how to play on clay. And she she admitted that. Um, she made it to the quarterfinals um and then actually actually won a quarterfinals after being down 5-1 in the third set to donna veckage and she came back and won 7-6 in the third so shout out to her um and but then she had to pull out a semifinals because she had an abdominal injury oh boo i hate abdominal injuries i yes. never had one but venus did and it was painful oh we watched that one yeah and, and serena had one finals. too yes at the year ending yeah, champion uh-huh. again and she still almost beat her still almost beat her oh why she couldn't just do it for four more points Ugh. i just don't get it i'm like why'd you stop anyway sorry so osaka <laughs> made it to the semis and then um she was gonna play contavit and contavit so got pushed at the finals Kvitova was the other winner. Spoiler alert, because if you don't know who's won, um, Kvitova just won. She beat Kontaveit 6-3-7-6. So now this is Kvitova's second tournament win for the year. She won Sydney. And this is now her fourth final of the year. So now we have repeat winners on both sides. So Federer has won two titles on the men's side. 
And Kvitova is the first dual winner on the women's side. So shout out to Kvitova. I've always said she's my favorite outside of the Wakanda girls. Yes. <laughs> um, so I'm all. I, when she doesn't go up against anybody from Wakanda, I am always rooting for mm-hmm. Kvitova. Love her. Um, I feel like on the court, she's gone been through a lot too. So it's good yeah. that she's finally getting some, having some success. I mean, she's had it since. You know what I mean. She early, deserves. Yeah. Yes. this year, the guy that stabbed her in her arm got sentenced, and that's right. all done with. Um, so yeah, I'm really, I'm always rooting for her and I'm glad that she did it. So she, to to me, she's been the most consistent player all year. She's only won two titles, but then everybody has won one. Yeah. And then she hasn't won a grand slam, but she was in the final of that slam. No, she's definitely, I think, been the best player so far. And she's been in all the most finest. So shout out to her. So she won Stuttgart. So we'll see if she can push this forward. The French Open, I think the best she's done is maybe a quarter or semifinal. So she, we'll see what she can do there. Yeah. Um, but last year she had a horrible year in the slam. She was winning titles outside of the slams and then had a horrible year in the slam. But she started this year when getting to the finals of Australia. So I think she's finally like, you know, gonna be have a consistent year. And then that's pretty much all I have from the WTA tour. There wasn't anything big that happened on the women's side for me. You know, Kerber lost. It's always a good day. Um <laughs> Not the biggest fan of Kerber. I don't, I don't know why. I don't know if she's a I was about person. to say, like, why? I don't have anything against her except for she'd be having the audacity to try to beat Serena sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's literally the only thing. I yeah. think she's a good player. She is a good player. She seems nice. I mean, she's a very good player. And then she has, she has made it clear that her goal for the remainder of her career is to win the French Open because she wants to win the calendar slam. She mm-hmm. says it's one of the greatest accomplishments a tennis player can have. To have all four. To have all four. But surprisingly, which always throws me off because she's known as being a consistent player, she struggles her mo- the most on clay. Yeah, probably because she don't know how to move. Sorry. She's but a she's bit a, of a clunky mover. Don't, she's a very fast mover. She's known for her speed. I don't know. I mean, yes, yeah, she's fast, but that don't mean she's like, graceful. You ain't got to be graceful on clay. Well, child, Sharapova won the French Open twice. It, so it's she, something I still don't understand. I don't either. <laughs> I don't know what happened that year. Probably them drugs. I mean, I don't know what happened that year. <laughs> it just got real dark in this room, child. Yeah, I don't so know. So she's made it very clear. Or those? Sorry, go on. No, I was just, she's made it clear that that's her goal. So yeah. she said, even though she lost, she's feeling good and she's looking forward to the French Open because she wants to have that calendar slam. So, yeah. all right, that's all I got um, for the tennis talk. Okay. So we'll take a, another commercial break, and we'll be back to discuss more things. And we're back. Hello. Okay, so now it's my turn, and I still don't know what I'm gonna call my segment. <laughs> we're still working on that. Yeah, I was thinking like the challenge, because it's like us going back and forth. Okay. I don't know. I like that. Hashtag the challenge, but then so it's we- like not really a challenge; it's more of a discussion. I don't know. We can try it out. Sure. Find the challenge. So, so this week, hashtag the challenge. Okay. Uh, okay. So this week, I wanted to talk about something that we've talked about several times. And I feel like it's a discussion that other people probably have opinions on. So, um, the topic of on-court coaching. Mm. Right. So, as you know, on-court coaching is allowed on the WTA tour for all the... Is it all the tournaments that aren't Grand Slams? Yes. And so, um, so any tournament that's not the Grand Slam, you know, the Australia, French, Wimbledon, U.S. Open... The girl, the women are allowed to have their coach come out between the changeovers and kind of give them advice. And I think the only 
requirement or stipulation is that they have to be mic'd. Yes. Because they use the conversation. Sometimes they play it for the audience uh, at home. Yes. Um, this is, again, something just for the WTA tour. The men do not do this. And so we've talked several times about if we think it's a good thing or a bad thing. And I think, for me, I'm kind of torn because I think it lessens the women's argument that they should get equal, should be like equal pay, blah, blah, blah. Because I'm like, if you really want that, I feel like the the tour should be the same. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, for me, I think the perception that it gives is that the women aren't mentally tough enough to figure it out on their own and mm-hmm. for me that's one of the things i like most about tennis is like you don't get to call on a coach once the match starts you have to figure it out mm-hmm. like you can come in with a plan you know a strategy but if you start to steer from that or it's not working you have to figure out what to do and i think it's a little hurtful to the like to that quality or aspect of tennis that the women allow on court coaching. But then on the flip side, as a viewer at home, I like when they do it because then we get to hear what the coach says. Sometimes it's some shady stuff. Sometimes it's like, oh, that's interesting that they would say that. You know, like I do think it adds something as far as from a viewer standpoint. But only really when you're watching at home because if you're there, you don't get, you to, don't hear. get to hear it. And so it's just like, I don't know. We've talked like, I don't know. What are your thoughts about it? So I have two two very different thoughts about it. Um, one from just the coaching standpoint and one from the sports standpoint. So I'll start with the coaching standpoint. I do agree with you that I think with the women's, with, with the argument about equal pay, which I, I am 100% Right. For, totally think it should be. For. I just want to make that clear. Yes. We're yes. not saying that. Like, he's not saying that I'm not. Like, I'm 100% <laughs> equal pay. But I do agree that having the on-court coaching on the women's side and not having it on the men's side, sometimes it, make it, it makes it look like the women are unable to figure it out. Which isn't the case because obviously this just started recently and there were decades and decades and decades of WTA tennis happening where women weren't being coached. And they were still figuring it out. But I think it does give the perception that when with the women player go on the court and things may not be working... They have to call their coach to help them figure it out. Like they can't just be mentally tough. Because you notice a lot of the older players, like Ala Venus, Serena, even in Sharapova, they don't. Really they don't do call it. their coaching out yeah. because they're not used to that. Yeah. And then I get some very confused sometimes when I don't know. Child, they'd be winning and still call their coach. I'm like, why do you need coaching? Just keep doing what you're doing. I don't know. Right. It's a crutch. Like, like I don't like a, it. Like, you, yeah. You need to go out there and just be ready to play. Like people be winning set six to and calling it coach. I'm like, but why? You keep going what you're, you're doing. Yeah. So I do agree with that, that it does look like it's it makes women weaker. What I wish it would have happened, I wish, and this may have happened, we don't know what happens behind the scenes. I wish the WTA and the ATP would have come together and decided, are we doing on-court coaching or are we not doing on-court coaching? Are we going to try this out on both tours for six months? Because when the women did it, again, it makes it look like the women can't figure things out on their own. And some of the women have even said that. So this is not even just coming from us. Like some of the top players have said it makes it look like we aren't able to figure things out or deal with the pressure without having our coach come and tell us. Now, with that being said, there have been some amazing coaching moments where they've changed matches. Right. And like you've given them a strategy because as a coach, you can sit back and see, okay, my player is hitting most of her shots to the forehand. She should do this. So like I've seen a lot of matches shift. But I think it makes it a little bit more exciting when the player themselves figure it out. So, 
my take on it is I just wish both tours would have done it and not just the one tour. Um, but you know, there's always going to be a difference. Like we said, we had we briefly touched on the whole thing last week about the men play three out of five sets in a slam, women play still play two out of three sets. So there's always going to be some discrepancy, but still, hashtag full on equal pay. Right, and then too, it's like. Um... I think that it's like almost a handicap, sort of, because if you can't do it in the four match tournaments that matter so the true. most, so true. Then it's like you get used to it on these little ones, but then you when you get to the grand slams, slams you can't do it. It's Very like true. okay. And you see a lot of the women who are used to calling their coaches out; they struggle in the signs because you can't. Right. You can't. You can't even look up at the box. So that's that's why I feel that's along with like having wishing both tours had spoken, like. I wish the ATP tour and the WTA tour would have spoken to the Grand Slam Corporation or whatever. Yeah. So that, because why can I call my coach in Miami, but I can't call my coach at in the US, US Open? Open? Why can't I call my coach at the year ending, but I can't call my coach at Wimbledon? Yeah. Why can Why can Osaka call her coach, but Djokovic can't? Like it's too much it's discrepancy. Like it should just be across the board. Right. Um. But then. On the flip side, I've actually done some changing as I've gotten older because growing up, I played, obviously, uh, during a time where you didn't call a coach on. Like, you just played. But then I started thinking, tennis is legitimately the only sport where that happens. Right. And I think we talked about how, like, that sets our sport apart. But then, like, think about all the other multi-million dollar sports. Your coach is right there. Like, in basketball and football and soccer, you actually get timeouts where you get to go sit down and you get to rethink things. You get to pull out a dry erase board and you get to come up with strategies. Strategy. You get to change things out. You get to switch players in and out. I think tennis in itself is already its own individual You get like a break, a half. You get, you're out there yeah. by yourself. Like, I can't say tag, I'm tired, you're it. Like, when LeBron is tired, he can sit down for 10 minutes and let somebody else go in. When Tom Brady's tired, there's a backup quarterback. When... Blah, blah, blah. Like, tennis is, in itself is different in that way. So I think it, as I've gotten older, like, seeing how other sports have coaching, and I like that aspect, I kind of do like the coaching in tennis. But I would like to see it across the board and not just in specific tournaments or on one tour. Yeah. Because people watch basketball, and they love it, and they get coached. No, I think so, too. I mean, listen, I agree with you. I think – I'm a fan of on court coaching because I do like the aspect. It does change the matches. There's lots of times where I'm like, oh, I wish Venus could have talked to wish somebody can go talk to her. And she probably mm-hmm. wouldn't listen, but still. <laughs> but it's like, I get that it helps, but she it does. She's listening this year. Well, yeah, she's listening to somebody. Um, but I think it does need to be across the board. And it needs to be where you don't get to pick. It should be kind of like other sports where it's like, this is a, we take you know in between sets. That's when the coach comes out, and both persons' coach comes out just because it's how the rules are. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like not oh you can choose to have them because then you know half the time Serena won't, but the other person will. And I think that's unfair. I mean I know it's her choice, but I think it should be just like a mandated thing, just like with other sports. Like we have breaks, you know, in between you know at every five games or when they do the ball, you know, that's when the coach comes out. So every every set. Both coaches or come set, out regardless, yeah. even if I want my coach. Because it can change the match. Who knows how much diff- how what mm, different outcomes would have been if like somebody could have called their coach yeah. and get some like help resetting what they're trying to do. I mean, yeah. 
but it needs to be on the men's and women's and all tournaments and like mandated for everybody you know the same there needs to be some consistency so yeah i'm not against coaching like five years ago i was against it but i'm not against it um if i mean i just because the thing is tennis has to change Things needs to keep shifting. Yeah, we can't stay like it was back in the eighties and seventies and sixties right. or nineties. Like the game, the game the for game the game to sustain. Yeah, and keep up with these other sports, we have to shift. And that's, what, that's one of the things we liked about Miami. There was more of a party atmosphere. There was more music being played. Like again, tennis is one of the only sports where you have to be absolutely quiet. Well, tennis and golf for the most part, but like absolutely quiet during play. With basketball, you're cheering, you're shouting, and like. I think I think maybe the next couple of generations we'll start seeing where there's more noise allowed in tennis. Like, um, I don't know, but I think the sport needs to do some shifting, and I don't have a problem with the coaching. But I just need it to be across the board. Like, if I have a son and a daughter, like I don't want my daughter to be coached and my son not like because then like, am I supposed to then say like my son can figure this out on his own? Or, like, may, have my daughter feel like, well, baby, you need help, so call daddy when you like. No, both of my kids are raised to be strong and they're, they're contenders. So either they both get coached or they both don't get coached. Yeah. So I, I, I do wish it would just it was just across the board. Yeah, and too, too, I just was thinking, this is the last thing I'll say. Um, as you were saying that, like, it's like, even like in most sports, like, the coaches are celebrities in their own right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And we don't have that. And it was making me think about Sasha because I was saying, like, we're kind of following him. And I think that it, it kind of goes to what you were saying about how um, tennis has to change because I do think there's a shift to make it more of like a fan friendly, more inclusive, and I think having coaching across the board would allow that. But also having these coaches, we've we've seen coaches now pop up with a lot more personality and be more involved in ways that we're not used to from tennis coaches, i.e. Patrick. I feel like Sasha, like people know who they are. I mean, I know both those people are, have been tied to Serena. That's not why, but it's like. Coaches with more, coach. yeah, with more personality, yeah. and it's like, oh, okay, who's this person? Like, they're becoming more than just that person's coach, and so like, oh, that can be people can be fans of them, follow their careers. Like, I think it would be helpful for tennis to have that. I don't know, coaches who are like have their own clout with them, you know. I don't and know. the thing is, that's a viable career. Yeah, like, everybody can be a Roger Federer or Serena Williams, but you could be the person coaching a Roger Federer, right. or Serena Williams, and I think that's justifiable. And like, like I said, now that like I follow Patrick online, like in the years past, you never follow somebody exactly. Coach. You wouldn't even know who their name is. Like now, we know about Sasha. Yeah, um, I think that's that. Like we know the names of, obviously because we love being in Serena, but like we know the name of their hitting partners. Right. Like, but the thing is. These are all viable careers. Again, everybody can be Roger Federer, Serena Williams, but you could be the hitting partner that travels and prepares Serena Williams for her matches. Right. So, like, I think these are different things. Just like how so many careers are changing, and like, ten years ago, when we were in college, you didn't like you didn't do stuff. I'm trying to put it all together, but like, a job right now is a social media. Yeah, map. these jobs didn't exist. Yeah, these yeah. jobs didn't exist ten years ago. Now people are out here making good good money from just posting things on social media or just being somebody's assistant like yeah. the world is ever changing just like colleges need to change for it. like we need to prepare for prepare people for being social media experts and technology experts sports are changing and career fields are changing 
And there is absolutely nothing wrong with being somebody's hitting partner. There's absolutely nothing wrong with being somebody's physio or coach or whatever. Yeah, like, like, and getting a name for that. Yes, and being recognized for that. Like, yeah. You should be. Like, you shouldn't have to just be in the background. I should know who Serena's physio is because that person, yeah. yes, I love Serena, but that person is helping Serena be the greatest that she can be. Yes, she has to go out and play the match, but if her body's not together, it doesn't matter how mentally tough she is. So her physio plays a great part yeah. in all of those 23 grand signs that she's won. And if they want their name to be out there, yeah. they yeah. should. Like those are like I feel like those are a lot of the unsung heroes because the person taping up her ankles and taping up her wrists and making sure she's stretching and all like that's all of that ties into making her the 23-time Grand Slam champion. Yeah. No, that's true. Yeah. So I think we're both saying on-court coaching across the board. Yeah. But it has to be consistent. We can start a petition. That's our ruling. <laughs> yes. Right. All right. Hashtag the ruling. Mm, maybe. Mm. I like that. Oh, okay. That might be an option. That might We might go with that one. Because <laughs> then we can make... Okay, we can talk about this off the air. Okay, great. So we'll, we'll be discuss. back. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we'll be back and wrap everything up. What the though? Get the love. <laughs> so, still in, still in your height. <laughs> still, still in my height. Five, four, three, two. two I let one go. Hey, is that what he hey. says? Child, yeah, I think so. Okay. Yeah. Um, what are we doing? Oh, we're wrapping it up. <laughs> we're all wrapping it up. Yes. Yes. Okay. Great. So then, um, we don't have a question this week or a comment for anybody because we forgot to post it. <laughs> yeah, we forgot. But thank you Sorry. guys for the comments. Yeah, last but we week. enjoyed that and like um. Jenny? Was, yeah, thank you, Jenny, for the question or the comment originally, which sparked the debate. But then Eric actually added, had a good idea, right? Yeah. Um, what I forgot what he said though. So he was saying a balance would be from the quarterfinals on both tours play three out of five sets. So right. both play two out of three for the first four rounds, and then once you get to the quarterfinals, everybody plays three out of five sets. Yeah, I think that could work. Yeah, yeah. I because I, like I mean that. the problem is like we were saying. That it would be too long. They would have to add an extra week to the tournament for sure. Yes. If they did it every round. But maybe with that, they wouldn't have to. And then maybe let less people in. But whatever. I don't know. So. But I think that's a good. That would be a good compromise. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good idea. So okay. thank you guys. Thanks for the question, Jenny. Thanks for the comment, Eric. And then we'll try to remember to actually put up a question um, within the next couple of weeks. Yeah. And then. So. um if you guys have anything you want to add to the segments, either one of them, you know, comments about uh, tennis talk or hashtag the ruling, uh, let us know <laughs> what you, I mean, we want to know what you think about on-court coaching and all the stuff that's happened in the past two weeks. Um, you can do that either by commenting on SoundCloud or on um, uh, Apple Podcast Directory. You can send us some emails at servingituppodcast at gmail.com. Uh, we're really trying to get everybody to be more involved so we can have more open discussions and you guys can help us think of things to talk about. And uh, yeah, so we'll be back again in two weeks. Um, hopefully, we're going to try to at some point have a guest on. So we're working on some things in that regard. Uh, so yeah, thanks for listening. As always, we will talk to you in two weeks. In two weeks. Yeah. Have a great one, guys. All right. See you guys later. Bye. Bye.